Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Well, we are heading into the deep, dark days of winter in homeschool land. I hope that you are keeping your chin up and remembering that spring is just around the corner. February is a tough time for homeschoolers. It's a good time to remember that. Maybe you need a little more reading aloud in your homeschool, a little more hot chocolate, a little more Legos, a little more snuggling, a little more math card games instead of worksheets, those kinds of things that will just keep our spirits up through the dark winter months as we look forward to getting outside again and a renewed vigor in the springtime. And today I have a wonderful guest who I think is going to inspire you along those lines. I'm chatting today with Kara Anderson, and it just so happens that Kara is one of my absolute favorite homeschool bloggers these days. I have been so inspired over the past six or seven months by the writing that she's been doing at her blog, Quill and Camera. So I wanted to have her on to chat about how she keeps the inspiration alive in her own homeschool. I think you're going to enjoy this one. So grab something warm to drink and sit back and enjoy the podcast. episode of the podcast is brought to you by SimplifiedOrganization.com. Now you can head on over to SimplifiedOrganization.com to download your free brain dump guide. What the brain dump guide is going to do is help you get everything that is whirling around in your head out of your head and onto a piece of paper. And this is going to allow you to have room to think again. It really helps me out every time I do a brain dump. And I usually have to sit down and do one about this time of year, right at the beginning of a new year, because I'm just thinking about so many different things. And so getting things out of my head with a brain dump helps me to make some plans for the new year. And speaking of plans, over at SimplifiedOrganization.com, Misty has a great new course over there called Work the Plan. Now, Work the Plan is perfect for people who are kind of good at making plans. They've got it all together when it comes to actually figuring things out and putting them down on paper. But where they struggle is actually putting the plan into action. And I'm going to have to admit, this is me. I love planning. I love making a plan. But sometimes it's the actual doing of the plan that trips me up. So while you're over there downloading your free brain dump, be sure to check out Misty's new course, Work the Plan. And also, don't forget, you can use your code SNAPSHOTS at any time for 20% off Work the Plan or anything else on Misty's Simplified Organization site. Don't forget your free brain dump. You will thank me so much that you did it simplifiedorganization.com forward slash snapshots. And now on with the program. Kara Anderson is a homeschooling mom of two and a freelance writer with a passion for photography. She's a contributor at Simple Homeschool and the blogger behind Quill and Camera, where she writes about homeschooling, mothering, and the rhythms of life. If you haven't read any of her lovely prose at Quill and Camera yet, be sure to do so because she's one of my favorite homeschool bloggers. Kara, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, I am so glad you're here. I'm excited to chat with you too. Well, can you tell me a little bit about your family? Sure. Um, I've been married for 14 years to my husband. We met working at my very, very brief stint in television news. He still works in television news. And I quickly ran back to newspapers after I met him. He proposed to me at Graceland. So I don't know how you say no to a man who proposes to you at Graceland, right? We have two kids. I have an 11-year-old son and he is my musical kid. He loves all things music. He's my reading buddy. He's just a little sweetheart. And then I've got an eight-year-old girl. She loves animals and she bakes the best brownies that you've ever had. And, <laughs> and she's my little knitting pal. And then we have a house full of crazy pets. We have a dog, we have a cat, we have a fish, and we have four chickens. So, But the uh, chickens we, aren't in the house, right? They, no, they're not in the house. No. <laughs> I've seen people that, you know, have the chickens come inside, and we have not gotten that brave yet. They, they stay outside. <laughs> do they give lots of eggs? That's the real question. They do sometimes when they want to. Um, <laughs> and then sometimes they don't as much. And luckily, they're really cute and really entertaining. And I'm a vegetarian, so they're safe forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about how you got started homeschooling. Well, you know, we didn't plan on homeschooling. My son went to this really cute church preschool. We were so excited to get him started there. This teacher had been at it for like 30 years, and she was just wonderful and warm. And he walked in the first day and said, bye, mom, and took off. And I thought, oh, we found, you know, this really good place for him. And it wasn't long until he started getting in just a little bit of trouble. But it was that he didn't want to do the letter of the day worksheets. He was bored. And um, he had started reading when he was three. He just, he didn't want to sit on the line during story time because he could read the books himself. And he thought she was reading kind of slowly. So, you know, she would say, Mrs. Anderson, which was funny because I was, you know, like 27 or, you know, not 30 at the time. You know, she said, Mrs. Anderson, you know, he won't sit on the line. And I remember driving home, you know, from the preschool and I said, buddy, why don't you want to sit on the line? And he said, because there's so much more out there to explore, mom. And I said, yeah, yeah. And something just welled up in me and I thought, I'm not going to make him sit on the line anymore. This is not a little boy who's ever going to want to sit on the line. So we're going to do things differently. And then that was seven years ago. (laughs) Okay. So at that point, you took him out of preschool. Well, you know, we finished out the year because I was really worried that I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought, okay. And by this point, you know, it was probably March. And so we finished out until the end of April And then, yeah, we took him out of preschool. And so he was four when we sort of unofficially started homeschooling, which, you know, my first realization was you don't have to do a whole lot when your kids are four, you know? (laughs) You shouldn't do a whole lot when your kids are four. Yeah, yeah. And I thought we don't have to replicate any of that stuff. We don't have to replicate the letter of the day worksheets. You know, we can play and we can read together and we can go on adventures and we can cook. And it was instantly better because I I got my spirited little boy back, you know? (laughs) So was it at that point when you knew that this was real deal homeschooling or was it just, I'm taking him out of preschool, we don't have to worry about it a while until kindergarten starts and then something else happened in between? 
Well, that's the thing. It was our freebie year because my husband was kind of you know nervous about the whole idea of homeschooling. And I was kind of nervous. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I spent that year reading every book I could get my hands on, you know, trying to find homeschoolers online, trying to find people in my community that homeschooled. And so I thought, you know, we'll just kind of get our feet under us and then we'll start kindergarten. It was just a year of us figuring it out, really. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But you were pretty committed at that point. You were like, okay, I think this is what we're going to do. Notice that I say committed is, I think this is what I'm going to yeah. do. <laughs> no, I, you know, we felt like it was the right thing. Uh-huh. We just didn't know how to do it, I right. guess. So right. yeah, committed, but nervous. <laughs> right. Well, of those early books, which one spoke to you the most, do you think? Oh, wow. I read You Are Your Child's First Teacher by, oh, what's her last name? I can't think of it right now, but I read that book. My sister-in-law was homeschooling and she was huge into Waldorf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I really didn't know a whole lot about all these different philosophies out there. And so I got a lot of Waldorf books at first and it really appealed to me, you know, the idea of rhythm and the idea of not pushing academics really early and, you know, circle time and involving kids in daily activities and just the pace of it was really, really appealing to me. Of course, I had a four-year-old little boy who loved to climb and run and play ball and everything. And so it wasn't long till I thought, well, I'm doing it wrong, you know, because he doesn't want to sit and do circle time. He didn't want to sit on the line, remember? Right, right. (laughs) So he didn't want to sit and do circle time necessarily. And so I just, you know, I just kind of kept reading and I kept trying to adapt. And, you know, I I read so many books. They all kind of blend into each other now. (laughs) Yeah, they do. I was going to ask you about Waldorf education because that's not an educational method we've actually talked a lot about. Actually, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever come up on this particular podcast before. So, and I am not horribly familiar with it, but it's daily rhythms and very much nature driven. Yes. Um, I know they're big into no screens of any kind. It's Um, pine cones, Pam. You have to fill your house with pine cones. Yeah. Okay. And felt (laughs) elves or something, right? Aren't there little felt elves? There is lots of there. Well, there's lots of elves. Yeah. And there's lots of mathematics, you know, and the thing is I talk about it like I, stuck my toes in to Waldorf, you know, really in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, they there's math through elves. Like when we first started doing it, we talked about... It's like you know, stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It and was. we're not making fun, but it's very no, much a lot no. of natural pro- natural <laughs> things. It is, yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, not making fun at all. It's just there's a lot of parts of it that really appealed to me. And I felt early on like... When you choose a homeschooling philosophy, you need to do it. You need to do it right. You know, you need to do what the books say. And over time, I've kind of realized it's a little bit more like, you know, like a buffet, you know, take right. take what works, take what works for your family. Don't try to push the green beans or the, you know. <laughs> well, the, it doesn't sound like you guys that, are doing the circle thing anymore. And it doesn't sound like you guys are doing the felt elves, but is there a part of Waldorf that you've kept? I still, you know, we still, my daughter and I, we do knit and we do a lot of handwork and things. And we still like, we have a nature shelf 
on our bookshelf where the kids bring in things that they find. And there's a book that I absolutely love called Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne. Mm -hmm. And I read it every single year. And it really inspires me to sort of simplify and, you know, the things you were talking about, like, like screens, for instance, and just, you know, one of the things he says is that, you know, we have to kind of think about what we're talking about in front of our kids. Those adult conversations. I used to watch the Today Show when I had a three-year-old and a newborn and, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and <laughs> and I realized my three-year-old was hearing it. And, right. you know, he was a smart, you know, he is a smart little cookie. They both are. But, you know, even back then at three, I can remember driving in the car one time and having the radio on and I hear from the back seat, you know, mama, where's Fallujah? And I thought, oh, wow, you know, he's listening right. to this and I don't know how much he's taking in. So, and um, it's the news, but usually it's not good news. Yeah, it's not. And yeah. And my husband, and I talk about that because we've both worked in news a lot and it's the things that get reported are not usually the happy stories. And so, you know, I read Simplicity Parenting. I saw mitten strings for God in your book stack too. Remind me who the author of Uh, that one is. uh, Katrina, is it Ken Kennison? I think I can't remember. It's on my shelf downstairs. Um, Oh, I love that book too. And that's another one that just you know, and she talks about her brownie in the house and her (laughs) her tea time. You know, the time that she realized driving, you know, home and she had the kids on her own and she realized, you know. They could have tea time. They didn't have to have dinner um, because dad was out of town. And just wonderful stories about taking a deep breath, you know, when you're a mom and just, yeah, that book. (laughs) I haven't read that one in a number of years. I need to pull it back out. But that would be a place where if, like you said, it's a buffet. So you don't have to pull in the whole Waldorf philosophy, but there are some beautiful pieces. And Mitten Strings for God is not even technically a Waldorf book. Um, It's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it does carry um, a lot of the same kind of beautiful pieces to it. Of it, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. a great place to start. Well, let me ask you a multiple choice question. Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Would it be A. Persuasion, B. Plato's Dialogues, C. War of the Worlds, or D. Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors? <laughs> You know, after yesterday, I want to say Plato's Dialogues because my son and I, we were having a day and, you know, my daughter too, of big conversations, you know, Mm. and one of the things that makes me really grateful that we homeschool is, you know, we have this time to have these big conversations, you know, and um, he really needed to talk something out and it took the whole morning, you know, for us to have that conversation. But in actuality, it's probably Shakespeare's comedy of errors because (laughs) (laughs) I also do things like, you know, go to play our Latin pronunciations on the computer and instead iTunes clicks on my happy mix and, you know, we're all dancing in the kitchen. So it's probably, you know, probably comedy of errors. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really kind of a trick question. I don't know that I've met anybody who's honest, whose homeschool day is not like Shakespeare's comedy of errors. Yes. Yeah. We're all just doing the best we can. That's right. right. Well, let me ask you, when you have one of those bad homeschool days and everything you've planned just kind of falls through for the day, do you have a backup plan? Yes. Ice cream. 
we go out for ice cream. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. It's like, how does that possibly fix, you know, anything, right? But I can't I, let know, my kids listen to this podcast. By right. Way. Yeah. I know. It's, um, <laughs> it's all about brownies and ice cream with me. You know, my mom has this saying, she says, you can't push a rope. And sometimes, some days, that's what I feel like I'm doing. You know, I'm trying to push something that is just not working. And it doesn't matter how much I push, it's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, it's going to happen the wrong way. You know, it's going to happen with tears, and it's going to happen with raised voices, and it's going to happen with, it's not the kind of memories I want my kids to carry, you know, with them about homeschooling. And so when things get bad and everything's going crazy. I mean, you know, we have this goofy dog, right, that we love, but he's a handful. And so we throw him in the car and we go and we get an ice cream cone and we just take a deep breath. And when we come back, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, a little bit of sugar. (laughs) I don't know if it's just the break from it, but it's a reset for us. And so I know it's unconventional, but it works. I kind (laughs) of like it. It works. Yeah, it works for us. (laughs) Well, do you have a homeschool hero? Oh, Beatrix Potter. (laughs) Which is funny because she's not a homeschool mom. She was homeschooled. But I just, I love, I've read these biographies of her and I just love her because she just threw herself into it. You know, she found what spoke to her and what, what was in her heart. And she just, you know, from the time that she was really young, she just pursued it. And yeah, I mean, (laughs) the funny thing is, I don't always consider myself like when people ask me, you know, oh, you're you're a homeschool teacher. I say, well, I'm a homeschooler because I I feel like a lot of times I'm doing it along with my kids. You know, I'm learning along with my kids. So maybe that's why I identify with her, you know, instead of referencing a certain mom. Of course, there's a ton of moms out there that I admire a lot. But yeah, I guess Beatrix Potter would be. (laughs) Oh, that's a great answer. Well, was there a piece of advice that you received as a homeschooling mom back way back when you first started, you were brand new, that just really stands out to you? A really great piece of advice. I guess that when I first started out, I, I kind of felt like I was a little bit on my own. I didn't know a lot of homeschoolers and, you know, I read a lot of good books, but I think I was looking for advice. I don't know if I got it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just just honestly, it wasn't something where I, I had a lot of role models in the beginning. I was just sort of navigating it. So, you know, looking back, I wish somebody would have told me to not worry so much and to pick up a book and read with my kids. That's the advice now that I, I try to give to other moms. You know, if they ask me, because I worried a lot you know, I still worry, but I worried a lot back then. And it was enough to keep me awake at night and enough to, during the day, take my focus away where it should have been, which was on my kids. So, you know, now I tell moms that, you know, when you're having those worries, pick up a good book, sit down with your kids next to you, snuggle with them and just read together. It's a way better use of your time than worrying. (laughs) You know, worrying doesn't get us anywhere, you know. At least if we're spending that time reading together, you know, your kids are learning and you're, you're bonding and, you know, because it's all about love, I think, you know, with homeschooling. It's way more about how homeschooling feels to me than necessarily what we complete in a day. So, Well, thinking of that big term picture, is there a certain skill 
that you think is really important for your kids to learn before they leave your home? Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned I was a newspaper reporter. And, you know, when I graduated from college and I got my first real newspaper job, you know, I was a general interest reporter, which meant that I went into work in the morning and my editor handed me an assignment and said, all right, you know, go cover this. And sometimes I had no idea what I was walking into. I mean, it could be one day a bunch of fish, I remember, you know, died in the lake and nobody knew why. And another day there was, you know, a problem with something leaking. And I mean, I covered everything. And so the thing that really I learned from that is that you don't know, have to know the answer. You have to know how to look for the answers, where to go, the questions to ask. You know, sometimes you can find stuff online. Sometimes you need to talk to people. But just knowing, I want them to know that they don't have to always know the answer. They just have to want to go look for it and have those skills to be able to go look for it. Know how to use the library, know how to research things, know how to talk to people and ask the right questions. Well, you talk about on the blog, you talk about you never leave home without a notebook. Yes. So <laughs> I'm having a feeling now this started from your reporting days, but how did you get started with that? And what types of things do you like to capture with your notebook or even with your camera? Yeah, I always have a notebook in my bag. And it did start as a reporter because, you know, you never knew what you're going to run into. You always need to take notes. You know, I get post ideas that pop into my head. I write down funny things that my kids say. I write down books that I, you know, see somewhere or hear about. Just everything. I mean, my notebooks, oh my goodness, if you looked at them, I look like a crazy person, Pam. I've got all these different and, and there's no order. And <laughs> so this isn't like a bullet journal type notebook. No, it is a completely disorganized, never the same pen twice, mishmash of random thoughts that only make sense to me. But <laughs> I just, I always like to have something with me. My grandpa, he was an old country vet and he started it. He's the one who taught me to always carry a notebook. He said, um, he called it his brain. He said, I can't do anything without my brain. And so I just always had a notebook with me to write things down. And, you know, as far as my camera goes, I just always, I can't take enough pictures of those two kids. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay. So I mean, if you, I'm biased, but. <laughs> well, yeah, but aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and I love capturing memories, you know, I like. Yeah. Well, if you ever need to find anything in the notebook, can you find it again if you need to? Usually, yeah. It's really weird. I have kind of a, I don't know if it's a photographic memory or what. I see, you know, the page that I've written things on so I can remember it was at the top of the page. It was in the middle of the page. It was, which I know is, is strange. But yeah, so I usually can go back and find things in my collection of notebooks, believe it or not. <laughs> huh? Now, I might not be able to read my own handwriting, but... <laughs> I can find out where it is in the book. So that's good. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you also talk about on the blog, other than Waldorf, another thing you talk about is unschooling as having an influence on your homeschool. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that particular influence in your family and why it's been a good fit for you guys. Well, my son is the one who originally said, you know, Mom, I'm an unschooler because he has always been very driven to find out what he wants to know. So he identifies really strongly as an unschooler. I am not quite as comfortable with that because 
I told you before, I'm a warrior, you know, and so I get nervous. Am I doing enough? You know, am I providing enough by just being like support for him? And then I've got this little girl who is a workbook girl. She loves workbook. She loves worksheets. She loves assignments. She wants homework. So, you know, the two kids are so very different in how they do it, you know, how they approach homeschooling. And so I've realized that I just have to be really flexible and meet them where they are. And one of the things that's helped a lot with that is morning time. You know, when I learned about that idea, it brought this, you know, I let out this breath I didn't know I was holding because I knew that that was a part of the day that I could plan for, that we could do together. And then as they go off to do their separate projects, my daughter wants a little bit more direction and a little bit more hands-on. My son wants a little less that. So we have that morning time anchor though, that lets us come together first thing in the morning, start our day right. And then as they go off to do other things, I know I've covered some of those basics. So it's brought me a lot of peace. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm a fan. So I know, I know. Of morning time. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a fan of yours too, but a fan of morning time. Yeah. <laughs> So let's break this down a little bit. Why does your more, I want to talk a little bit about what your morning time looks like. And then let's talk a little bit about what each of the kids, you said projects. So let's start with the morning time. What does morning time look like in your house? Okay. So we have our basket. Um, we st- I'm trying to think what all is in there right now. We have, oh, I always say our deal layers, Greek myths. Mm-hmm. We've been working on that for a while. We do bedtime math, even though... Uh-huh. It's bedtime math. We do it in the morning. We do Life of Fred, a chapter of Life of Fred together. Oh, we have this book, One Minute Science Mysteries, or One Minute Mysteries that you solve with science or something like that. So we do that. We do, and then we have a read aloud in there. And that's kind of how we finish morning time is by doing our, our read aloud. And, you know, I kind of add things. And as we finish out one book, I'll add in something else or swap out something else. We just got the book draw Europe. Uh-huh. So I we're going to start that pretty soon. See, so yeah, it's just kind of a place to put the things that I want to make sure that we're touching on. And, and that's the beauty yeah. of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it lets, it helps me let go of things a little bit later in the day. And, you know, when I say projects that these kids are doing, it's sometimes it's projects. Sometimes it's just that they really want to dive into an interest. You know, my daughter loves cooking. She loves being in the kitchen. So you know, after we finish up morning time, she might go and, and make cupcakes or muffins or brownies. And, you know, my son, he loves animation, he loves drawing. So he loves music. So he might, you know, go do something like that. And, you know, they also have things that they work on on their own, their math and different subjects that, you know, they have work. And I try to work with them one-on-one, on, you know, on different things. And then they'll do um, kind of their projects and we'll swap off one-on-one right. time with mom while they're doing some projects and things. So so we're not talking about like the Lori Pickert formal project-based learning kind of projects. No, although I love that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I do, but no, no, it's a little bit more just them really kind of pursuing their interests. It might honestly be picking up an animal encyclopedia and curling up with it for an hour or two, you know, but it's, giving them the space to pursue what really drives them, trying to provide materials, you know, and supporting that. But no, we, we haven't, 
occasionally we'll do some family projects, some big things, like we're doing a genealogy thing right now. And through that kind of talking about history, talking about uh, geography and, you know, things like that. So, so we do have some big family projects we'll do sometimes, but it's kind of more about, yeah, them just having an opportunity and a, a space to work on their own loves. <laughs> right. Follow those interests that they have. Yeah. And then you do, you said that they each had like their math. So you do use traditional <laughs> curriculum for some things as well. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And we really mix and match and grab and, you know, what works for one child might, you know, I actually feel like we've proven out in our home that what works with one child just doesn't a lot of times work with the other <laughs> child. And that's okay, you know, because that's the beauty of it. That's, that's why we're doing this is because we can, you know, tailor fit that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the biggest strength of homeschooling is that yes. you can do that. Well, Kara, I have a little pop quiz for you. Are you ready? Okay. I am. Yeah. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. <laughs> we know what kind of ice cream she gets on a bad day. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> pen or pencil? Pen. Pen. Oh, all kinds of beautiful, lovely, colorful pens. <laughs> Talker or listener? Um, listener, actually. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Cat person or dog person? Oh, Pam. Oh, oh, you know, you know the stories. I have to say that I am naturally a cat person, but I sure do love our crazy dog. <laughs> if you didn't have a little bit of dog person in you, I have a feeling he would have been gone long before now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he's a good boy, but let me tell you, I'm learning every day. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Ocean or mountains? Ocean. Essay or project? Uh, project. Ah. Well, Kara, tell everybody where they can find you online. I am at Quill and Camera. That's KaraSAnderson.com. I'm over on Facebook. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. And I am on Simple Homeschool every once in a while, too. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. This has been so great. It was lots of fun. Well, there you have it. Episode 25 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed chatting with Kara. Now, if you would like to get easy access to the links that Kara and I spoke about today on the show, you can get those by going to the show notes at edsnapshots.com forward slash 25. There will be access to all the links, the books, everything else that we were chatting about today. And if you would like to leave a rating or a review for the Homeschool Snapshots podcast on iTunes, there's also a link in the show notes for you to do that as well. And if you've taken the time to do that, thank you so very much for your support of the program. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another great homeschooling interview. And until then, keep on homeschooling. <music>